I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Inside the Comedian with me, David Reed. In this episode, I'll be interviewing Deborah Francis White. Comedian, author, motorcycle courier, magazine editor, Holiday maker, bricklayer, Bitcoin miner. <laughs> Deborah Francis White, welcome to Inside the Comedian. Thank you for having me, David. It's an absolute pleasure and about bloody time. Isn't I... it? Deborah Francis White. Mm. Um, am I getting the emphasis there right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, Where it's... are the hyphens in all of that? Is it all hyphenated? Uh, there's, well, <laughs> there's a hyphen between Deb and Aura. Right. And then, yes. then one between Francis and, and White. Right. Yeah, okay. for equity reasons. Because Francis White without a hyphen was taken. Yeah, no, genuinely, I wasn't allowed. That's not a rule. Yeah, no, you can't it, just stick a random hyphen in and now you've got a new name. Uh, I couldn't you... be Dame Judy de Ench. <laughs> well, Could I? Yeah. <laughs> what a mistake I've made. I had to have the hyphen. They forced me into it. And that gets past their whole system. Yeah, Helena Bonham Carter runs it. <laughs> she insists everyone has to have hyphen. Has That's to have hyphen because Helena Bonham Carter. Mm, but her she's nemesis. actually yes, lit- actually little known fact. She's called H hyphen Eleanor Bonham Carter. So if you meet her in person, you must call her H. So did you always want to be whatever it is you are? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what is it that you think I am, David? Well, I mean, I, I outlined the main points at the beginning, you know, bricklayer, motorcycle courier, that sort of thing. Uh, but but it's sort of uh, comedian and, and guru, I'd say. I'd probably add to the list. I, I think. think I think I think guru is is too strong. Too strong. But icon is not strong enough. I think <laughs> that's where I'd place it. Right. Right. Sort of gay, gay icon and feminist feeder. Feeder. Yes, you know, feeders. Feeders. Abusive relationships where you you get them as fat as possible so they can never leave you. You're like that with the feminist community. Is that what you're saying? I I object to the word abusive. Oh, right. And I will be telling Twitter about it later. Okay. Okay. That's how feminism is run now, exclusively on Twitter, through hashtags and uh, and anger. Hashtag not abuser. Yeah. Um, So so what's your opinion on feeders then? What's what's your positive spin on the feeding community? (laughs) I wish I hadn't gone here, David. Right, I know, I can see it in your eyes. Because there is a, there is, yes, in terms of uh, body positive movement, it's important that we are positive about uh, the body that we have. And therefore, it would be really, really politically uh, charming of you to move away from this topic right. to another one. But it would so be really funny to... of me to really push the point. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm tempted just to push you off the stool in order to distract. Um, no, fair enough. We'll move away. So can laughter solve the world's problems, do you think? Um, well, if, if comedy can change the world, mm. comedy should be banned. Because look at the world. <laughs> if, it's cha- if comedy's had anything to... has engineered right. Trump, Brexit or any of the other ghastly nightmares that we've got going on at the moment, yes. probably let's stop comedy for a few years and but see if it writes itself. Well, <laughs> well, we've brought up an interesting topic there. Has comedy caused all of this? Yes, it's, it has. I think it's, it's, it it's responsible for... No, it's Which not, comedian specifically <laughs> has caused all of this? Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. Yeah, he's caused most of it. Um, so could I talk about the many, many corporate seminars that you do mm. uh, where you, uh, you teach office workers how to pick a favourite colour? Now, are they really incapable of doing that on their own? Yes. They are. Mm. They are. What's it like to, uh, to try and, over three or four weeks, teach them how to pick a favourite colour? I mean, you, well, you, when you go in, you start with sort of easier stuff than that, sort of, you know, uh, a number they can think of. You know, right. That sort of they thing. They don't you need don't, to commit to a favourite. There's no need for favourites, no. because if, at the beginning, if you say to your brain, come up with your favourite, it paralyses your brain with fear that Not you me. choose the wrong thing. Orange. Not... <laughs> Well, David, Ask me my favourite everything. Now, Anything, David, I know. Uh, oh, okay, all right, I will. Your favourite eye? Uh, well, it'd have to be my right eye. Your favourite Lady Gaga? Uh, that would be Lady Gaga. <laughs> no, you're meant to choose a costume or an era. Oh, really? Yeah, like I a just m- like meat her. dress or something like that. You can't say favourite Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, she's my favourite Lady Gaga. <laughs> I feel like you've, 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 you're not as good at this game as you thought you were going to be. No, I'm really good at And that. you're losing confidence. I'm, and I love Lady Gaga. I, listen, I, I... I like her on The Simpsons where she has that train. When will white straight men get their crisis of confidence? When is it coming? I want to know. I mean, you look around at the world and they're running every fucking thing and have been for 10,000 years and it's all going to shit. I'm not. I'm in a small room doing a podcast. No, well, that's true. That's true. That's true. But I feel it you should be... You play the fucking palladium. I've had, okay. All right. I do see that. But as a, colle- as a collective group of individuals... Well, that's the thing. Never... Everyone else is a collective group. White men are all individuals. That's the, that's the entire point. That's true. That is true. You are, you are the warm and acceptable face of humanity. Right, That's true. absolutely. The reassuring face of humanity. Um, so, when do you think, going back to your corporate work, when do you think massive corporations will realise that uh, the service we provide is not worth as much as we say it is? Oh, in terms of... In terms of what they're willing to pay for a, a professional comedian oh, to come I and see. talk to their people for about, you know, three hours. See, I'm worth twice my money. Right. <laughs> no, I genuinely am. Oh, really? I know. I go into a seminar that is usually incredibly tedious. The energy is incredibly low. And then I come right. in and deliver an hour of funny, high-energy material uh, about diversity and inclusion right. that is genuinely useful. Right. So what? Uh, so I do agree that what most like impro companies that go in generally well, they're delivering. Well, that's my experience of it. Yeah, generally they're delivering a, l- a large quantity of old rope. Oh, I do a very small quantity of old rope when I do. <laughs> and then, and then I'm they're like very handsomely for the yeah, privilege. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah but uh, but genuinely, I I the thing I worked out very early on that if I delivered something that was genuinely useful, mm. they'd have me back three times a week. So that's why I do it. Most recently, you've been uh, something of a sensation. Hosting uh, a very successful podcast. Stop it. (laughs) Making a murderer. Um, What first attracted you to true crime? 
Um, well, my father was a very famous film noir detective in his day. He was a film noir detective. Yes, sort of that sort of gumshoe sort. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean, he wasn't a he wasn't a fictitious character. Right. He was real, but he wore a trench coat and smoked cigarettes. That's right. Right. Yes. 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 And I, I solved, can picture him. Yes, and solved crimes in our local area. Right. Mm. Right. Chicago. That's right. Right, Chicago. Inner city Chicago. Inner city Chicago. And On holidays I, from Australia. Yes, well, I, I, I read a lot of Enid Blyton as a child, and um, I picked up the accent from the books. So um, <laughs> while I spent my summers in Australia and yes. our winters in Chicago, um, my father, when we were in Australia, he shaped surfboards. That was his main job. Right. And when, when we were in Chicago, gumshoe detective. Gumshoe detective. And he, of course... You know, solved an extremely famous crime. So uh, the famous crime. The famous the one. The famous Did, Chicago you, crime. Yes, the one you've blogged about it a lot. I've blogged uh, almost exclusively <laughs> yeah. about the famous I, Chicago crime. And I assume that's why you wanted to meet me. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sorry. Me. It's it's all about your father, really. Yeah. But I mean, I, yes, I just wanted to. I just mm, wanted to know be about. Be close uh, to somebody who was. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. Sort of close the, to the, him. the case of the uh, the Silver Falcon. It's an incredible, incredible unsolved, actually. I mean, he got the, the, it was new evidence came to light, didn't it? Um, I mean, did that cast I mean, any. That, I mean, David, my PR did expressly say, and I feel it's oh, a, betrayal, a betrayal of you. I said, do not mention right. that it was unsolved. She said, I said to her, and she said, I, David knows. Yes. So well, David, broken David terms wasn't of the interview. really listening, <laughs> and David I mean, misunderstood. I thought I thought that was uh, that was your PR, was it? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was your driver. I was just talking to them. <laughs> so it was solved fantastically by your father back in the back in the sixties, I think it was, wasn't it? Just, it was. Just, oh, it's and it's really, never, it's never. It, the, the result has never I been changed. The reason I ask you not to bring it up, yes. and you knew, and you knew, you're saying you didn't know. I didn't know. So, well, I'm sorry. the reason I asked you not to bring it up is yes. very emotional, right. and. It's not, it's just because it just, you know, I don't like crying on stage and it's just, you know, you've no, you don't, pushed no. a button now. Happens a lot though, doesn't it? <laughs> usually it's sort of the uh, beginning of the third act lull. That's usually when it seems to happen. But, <laughs> but you're in the family business, is what we're basically saying. You, you, you have an interest in true crime stories. How, how many have you solved on the podcast so far? Four. Four? Yeah. Four. Can you Four. talk us through them? Yeah. Good. <laughs> the one with the diamonds. The one with the diamonds. Yeah, and the dog. It turned out to be the dog. It was um, the dog, not the diamonds. No, well, the dog ate the diamonds. The dog ate the diamonds. We and, all know. Yeah, yeah, and it 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 was thought to be sort of one of the, the uh, like a perfect crime because yes. there was absolutely no fingerprints. There was no, no forced entry. All sorts of paw prints, but no yeah. fingerprints at all. And, and well, they thought the dog had wrestled the you know the criminal, and right. it turned out the dog was the criminal. Was the criminal, and, and that, that poor guy. That poor that guy. Poor dead guy. Yeah, who. Mauled yes. by a dog. <laughs> but that, he took the rap for a long time, so well done for solving that one. That was you know, incredible. Well, we, Finally, that dog was destroyed. So, the one where you got that dog killed, what about the other three? <laughs> there was the, the, uh, the, the, the garden gnome murder. The garden gnome murder, yeah. I mean, you said the most insightful thing about the garden gnome murder that I heard anybody say, actually. Right. It was on another podcast, which was. A true crime podcast about podcasts. Yes, I mean there've been a lot of copycat podcasts since yeah. Deborah's one. But yeah, you, um, yours is called the True Cast Podcast Podcast Hour. That's right. True crime podcast podcast true hour. Crime true crime podcast podcast, podcast, podcast hour. hour. And you said the most insightful thing about the Garden No Murder. I said, um, 
if you change the topsoil, is it really the same garden? <laughs> you did. And I... That's... That's... And the reason that's insightful, because that might not appear insightful right. to you now. But and it, I it, see it changed it, everything. Yeah, it, it, I mean, in fact, it doesn't appear insightful, but it actually is. No, you said it. it. You said it was incredibly insightful. I, and, it, and the reason I said it was insightful, mm. because of what it referred to, David, and could you just fill them in yes. about, about the particular Gardner murder incident... Right, well, you see, what happened was um, there was a spate of murders involving garden gnomes. Sometimes the gnomes were used themselves as blunt instruments, and other times uh, the people just found uh, reaching for a garden gnome in their last death throes. And so it was, it was sort of fascinating. What is the link between? What is, what is the link? And, of course, um, there, was, there was no forensic evidence that linked anything. Mm. And so, but what I, when I was suggested, and I had no idea what, what would happen from this, that, that, that is, is, is a garden, if you change the topsoil, really the same garden. What they discovered was it had actually been the same lawn at all of those murder sites. And that was the thing. So sedum was the connector. Mm. And until David said that, we hadn't thought of it at all. But we went around and we, you know, with our little tape recorder, mm. and we measured the grass, and we discovered that all the grass was exactly the same, uh, you know, with the same inch, inch ratio. Height. Height is what I'm... Same height. Height. I mean, well, in, forensics listen, say inch, inch ratio, ratio. But, yeah. but to the layman, it's height. Forensics do say inch ratio, yeah. and that's what you have to remember. Uh, um, length, uh, we call uh, line out. Um, the line out. The line out, because you sort of literally measure the line out. You uh, do. Yes. And I mean, you're all lay people, but what you need to remember uh, is that I know more than any of you, and this is all true. Right, and that is usually the theme of your monologue up top. <laughs> uh, so that's Why I know more than you and always will do. I, that one. Yes, yeah. now let's on with the show. Yes. Um, so that's two crimes. You mm. mentioned four. Oh, yes, I, I did. Yeah. Um, well, the Lady Grace crime. My favourite. Um, yes. So this is an historical crime. Mm. Um, this is something, you know, that nobody had known. She's a Victorian Lady Grace. And just one of those things, mystery, close-up. We open cases from, you know, vintage cases, mm. uh, if you will. <laughs> retro. Retro Retro crime. cases, retro, they retro crime. Retro crime. And I, I found it staggering. Why it was my favourite is I found it staggering the murderer was still alive. Well, that's interesting because he was only two when he committed the murder. That's right. And is now 104, 104. and living in Delaware. But you got justice because oh, yeah. they, they went round to his house, they mm. clapped him in irons, mm. and the Queen demanded her letter back, which is very, very good yes. of her, I thought. Very yes, good. absolutely. Give and back. yes, he had a heart attack there and then on the steps. Right. But we looked into his eyes and he knew he was caught before he went. And uh, do you know good. what? I think he wanted to be caught because he, so he got away with something and no one had known it was him. Mm. And you know that sort of vanity of the psychopath? Yes. He I do, it. yes. <laughs> Very similar twinkle in the eyes, David. Right. You don't mind me saying. Right, yes, yes. But the um, twinkle is manufactured. I mean, right now I feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing and at all. And that's show business. That's show business. Mm. And the fourth crime? 
the fourth crime is uh, the uh, Great Dorset cow disappearance, when all of the cows in Dorset <laughs> disappeared for 24 hours only and right. then were put back exactly where they were. Exactly where they were. Exactly and where how they, they knew it was exactly where they were is, is the greatest mystery. <laughs> mm. And yet the farmers all knew, didn't they? Yeah. They all knew it was exactly where their exactly cow, all of the were. cows had been. Exactly where they were. And, and the uh, solution to that one was, remind me. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> well, that's what we came up with because we right. couldn't think of anything else. And it was just the ca- cows just disappeared for 24 hours and came back. It's got to be Doctor Who, that sort of thing, hasn't it? Or it could be just cow public holiday. I mean, it's hard to know which of our explanations is more plausible, but it's mine. It's yours. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many, many podcasts have a cult following. Mm. But you've actually taken that one step further to start a cult based on your podcast, haven't you? I mean, listen, the thing about joining a cult as a teenager mm. as I did is yes. that it's terribly easy to start one and right well you learn the rules don't you yeah really genuinely I do think <laughs> yeah. I do, it does concern me because I, I feel like I do have a I do have a tendency towards starting a cult start a cult <laughs> whether you mean to or not oh yeah I don't mean to no of I course don't it just happens to. I don't mean to I had an impro company um, and when I was younger and that had a sort of my, one of, some of my friends used to say it's a sort of cult like following right. Yeah, in fact, but, I think but it's it all wound up now since the uh, since the mass suicide that everybody no, conducted no. wearing their Nike trainers at that's, your uh, that's, at your classes. That's not what happened. Is that in not fact, what happened? I think actually that 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 uh, impro group was mentioned on this podcast before. Was uh, it? Back, yes, back then my name was um, or I went by the stage name of Deborah Feminist. Oh right, yes, and Michael, Michael Legg, Legg, I believe. Yes, yes. Yeah. Michael Legg and I were in a group called Bellowing Nervously Over the Woman. That's right. And uh, an impro yes. group, yes. And then um, Michael and I were having a massive affair at the time um, a torrid what is affair. a massive affair <laughs> it's a just a long length 
Or is it the springiness? <laughs> what is it's it? The, it's the inch ratio. It's the inch ratio. It's the inch ratio. How big it is. And listen, my colleague's inch ratio is not to be sniffed at. Right. Um, don't I, w- I wouldn't sniff at anyone's inch ratio, to be honest. It's just not polite. Don't, don't sniff at it, he cries. It's um, right, yeah. But... Um, <laughs> But he actually, as a romantic gesture on Valentine's, uh, faked my death. And, um, oh, how sweet. I mean, it just at the time, I thought, well, this is a really romantic thing. You know, he flew me to Cuba, and then... Uh, but then after a few months, I started to miss friends and family. Right, and, and you've thought, gone, I didn't want to do this. Why yeah, have I faked my death? I mean, death? it's tricky. Well, I did not fake my death. This, people, people always think this, David, and it right. annoys me. They always say, you're the one that faked your own death. Right. And I have to say, no, Michael Legg faked my death. Right. And that's where the confusion... Because my death was definitely faked, but... But I had nothing to do with it. It was a surprise. Right, you must admit that's <laughs> rare, though. You can see why people assumed you didn't. Oh, you'd done sure, it. sure. Did you actually get any benefit from him faking your death? Yeah, so well, I was able to reinvent myself, and that's when I came back as Deborah Francis White. I see. And, I uh, see. Yeah, because my career hadn't been going very well. I was basically in bellowing nervously over the woman, the Emperor troop, and I was the woman in that. So I was the only titular character of that. Right. All the rest were the bellowers. You were needed for the format. Yes. <laughs> yes, they had to bellow nervously over me, and they did. So then I was sort of like six months in Cuba, uh, pretending to be dead. Um, and then Michael... I think you didn't need to do that, because if, if they'd fake your death in Britain, I think the flying to cu- Cuba was just to sort of get you out of the way. I don't think you needed oh, to was... pretend to be dead in Cuba. <laughs> Oh, oh, I see. I think yeah, you've well, wasted your time. I didn't lie in a coffin. I don't think oh, that's right, what... Oh, right, OK. No, no, I went out for dinner and things like that, but I knew sure. that my identity had to be... You, you know, did a nine-to-five play pretending to yes, be dead. Yes, that's right. right, and I went out... And even, but Michael right. would come over to see me then because that was, you know, it was romantic oh, and that's exciting. that's good of him, yes. And what yes, happened? well, that was the idea of it. It yeah. was sort of, you. I'll fake your death for you and then you can... Then you know, I know where you are at all times. Yes. You're in Cuba. But after a period of time, you know, he stopped coming ah. and, uh, yeah, fell in love with a dog and uh, became... <laughs> A vegan, and right. that's, that's that's the end of the story. And I and those thought, are things that just turn you off. No, he just wasn't around anymore. I look, I, I love Michael to this day. He doesn't know I'm back in this country. He still thinks I'm in Cuba. Right. Uh, but if you do see him, you know, d- don't tell him. It could be a massive shock. That he wasted his time faking your death. <laughs> really. <laughs> You've made a smattering of appearances on film and television. I have. Um, most notably as Mrs. Cadell in What That Monkey. Um, what's... Uh, any plans to act again? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, Mrs. Cadell 2 is out in cinemas. Uh, wow, they went straight Christmas. to number two of Mrs. Cadell's spin-off films. Yes, yeah, Mrs. Cadell 2, right. um, back in the habit. Um, <laughs> is... I mean, they're not using that, that subtitle anymore. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's out in cinemas in, at Christmas. And I'm doing a, uh, a turn in that. I'm sort the of... The Seabird? The... Exactly. Right. Because it's sort of live action. I mean, Mrs. Cadell, of course, herself is a wren. And it's it's a live action period piece. So think yes. Jane Austen yes. meets the Jungle Book, but with birds. I like it. Mm. I, I mean, so it's birds, uh, but a comedy of manners. Mm. Who are they interested in? Basically, it's about Mrs. Cadell, the wren. She's trying to marry off a couple of her fledglings while they're still eggs. So she's trying to sort of get that in it's place. It's what used to happen. It's what used to happen. And so she's waiting. And when, as soon as they hatch, they're going to be married off. That's what she wants. She wants them, obviously. Right. She wants them to go up in the world. So she's trying to get them together with some with eagles in a, in, a, in a nest nearby. And she's sort of doing all the things that you'd need to do. Right. You know, getting the nest on the fashionable side of the tree, that kind of thing. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's divine uh, in, in many ways. And at one point, there's this amazing sort of... I mean, I suppose it's an homage to Mr. Darcy, 
where a penguin comes out of a pond. <laughs> just all, just wet, you all know, wet. sort of frilly, and just moves to, and that, that's my favorite scene. Right, um, I mean, presumably they, they cast a penguin knowing that was going to happen, because it is famously a swimming bird. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, are people anticipating it because of that, do you think? You said what? it's live action, so you play a wren, and that's a penguin. Mm. <laughs> I'm just trying um, to picture it, you know. Yes. We all um, are. We so, all are. So all of all of you human women playing birds yeah. fall over the actual penguin. That's right. And, and hopefully penguin. a well, gif will come out of it. Yes, oh, there'll look there'll be so many gifts. So the penguin gifs. is actually played by Colin Firth. Oh, I nice. see. That's why it's an homage, it's a direct oh, homage. Nice. He knows what he's doing. I mean it's, he's done that in Bridget Jones already. He's done that. He's played so Mark he's Jackson. now gone, I've got to be a penguin or it's just too many times. Yeah, we, exactly, exactly. I mean, he's so nice, Colin Firth, as well. I mean, he's just, he's so down to earth. He's mm. just as good in bed as you'd think. Really? He's such, yeah, oh God, he's really good in bed. And he's a sort of, I mean, what's nice about him in bed is that he's very charming, mm. but also, you know, knows what he's doing. Authoritative, David, and uh, right. also... Why did you say my name in the middle of that? <laughs> just thought you'd like to know. Right, I mean, it's right. a... Thanks. I don't want to make any... I mean, you're, you're making a huge assumption <laughs> no, that I'm, I'm, I haven't slept with Colin Firth. Uh, listen, uh, if, if you have, well done, because it's a... It's I don't a, need your congratulations. I mean, we had a lovely evening, and it was just between us. Yeah. Well, it's an experience, and if you can... I know it is, yeah. You can have... I mean, he thought he was uh, voicing Paddington at the time, so he was on high spirits, I can tell you. <laughs> Deborah Francis White, thank you for letting us inside you. Thank you. Deborah. Thank you for listening to Inside the Comedian with me, your host, David Reed. For information about upcoming recordings, please subscribe to my newsletter at mrdavidreed.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.